There are two tales waiting for you, told one after the other by an odd set of two. So prepare yourself, dear one, because this is Drops of Darkness. I am Stranger, and I tell only fantasies. Whenever your world has a grip on your throat, I am there waiting to unleash the monsters that sleep in my mind so that they may remind you that you have sharp teeth and claws of your own. Flora flipped through the worn album covers with calculated speed. Three records were already under her arm but she hoped to find at least double that before making the two-hour drive back home. This place was supposed to have been a gold mine of valuable collectibles, but as it stood, she would barely break even after gas, lunch, and the overpriced oat milk latte that had gone cold before she could finish it. Don't let this trip be a bust, she muttered, to whichever gods handle granting wishes for vintage record jackpots. After sifting through another three rows of boxes that looked twice her age, it seemed those gods had turned a deaf ear to her prayers as she surveyed the last section. It wasn't a promising one. These records were rough, not a shred of protective plastic in sight. And as she stood over the unorganized rose, all she saw was the white fuzzy guts of abused paperboard edges. Outside, what had started as a drizzle had developed into a full-on downpour. It grew in intensity at the same rate as the sun set behind the cracked and dimpled parking lot. Inside the record store, The smell of old paper and old walls and a very old, damp roof offered the perfect pairing to Flora's soured hopes of finding anything worth getting excited about. She set down the measly stack she had already picked and attacked the decrepit pits and piles with both hands. I try the window. Flora was in the zone, so when she heard the voice over her shoulder, she let out an embarrassing mix of a squeal and a gasp. Jesus, she breathed as her heart dislodged from her throat. But the feeling of unease crept back in as soon as she looked around and realized that not only was no one standing behind her, but there was no one else in the shop at all. It definitely hadn't been the most popular destination for people on a rainy Friday night, but there had been at least a few others on their own hunts through the stacks, and two employees scrolling mindlessly on their phones behind the counter. What the fuck? She checked her watch, but it was still an hour until close. I tried the window but I didn't fall. Rasped, unseen lips that brushed her piercing-laden ear. 
Flora straightened her coat, turned on her boot heel and walked towards the exit, pulling her hood over her head to prepare for the rain and block out the memory of the breath on her lobes. Excuse me, miss, did you not want these? Flora turned and everyone was back where they had been. An older man held out her stack of records with a helpful smile. Oh, um, yeah, sorry, I must have forgot, she said, feeling her cheeks get red. Would have been a shame. You found some real keepers. Flora headed towards the counter, checking her watch on the way. But, no. That couldn't be right. Could it? Hey, do you have the time? The young woman behind the counter snapped her gum and glanced down at Flora's watch, still displaying the current temperature, date, and the time. She rolled her eyes. 8.53. We close at 9, by the way. Flora swiped her card and rolled her eyes at the screen that asked if she wanted to add a tip. Tucking the bag of her finds in her coat to protect them from the rain, she left as quickly as she could. The store windows were black by the time she climbed into her dinged-up truck. Nearly soaked through, she turned the key and the engine rumbled to life. Something about her lone headlights in that nearly empty parking lot made her shiver for more than just the cold. The dark clouds and fading daylight made the place she was leaving feel like a completely different place than the one she'd pulled up to just an hour before. Well, I guess three hours before now. She shoved in the gas pedal and the old truck thundered its way down the street carrying her and her four found records back home. Flora trudged up her apartment's steep linoleum stairs and plugged her key into the stiff deadbolt, precariously carting her purchases under one arm and a bottle wrapped in a brown paper bag in the other. Her apartment looked much nicer on the inside than the rest of the building would suggest. Not due to any effort on the building's part, though. It was all Flora. She took pride in her space, even if it was small. And at the heart of her studio domain was the wall-to-wall, floor-to-ceiling set of shelves that held her entire collection, alphabetically organized and kept in a constant state of pristine upkeep. She liberated the bottle from its bag and poured herself a few fingers of whiskey, letting the dark liquid burn the back of her throat a few times before she set about her post-hunt ritual. Main lights off, lamp on, whiskey poured, food delivery ordered, and tonight, Etta Jones singing softly while spinning on one of her two vintage record players. Sitting on the floor with her legs folded under her, she sipped her drink and slipped her fines out of the bag, looking them over, gently cleaning whatever needed to be cleaned, 
and typing out the details of each one in her notes app. As Etta sang her final note, Flora noticed the corner of a fourth cover that she didn't recognize, sticking out under one of the gray plastic handles. A static-laced silence filled the room. She read the name of the mystery album. Collected. Weird, she thought. There was no record company, no release date, no track list, and strangely, no artist name. She teased the vinyl out of its sleeve and found a name and year written, not printed, on the small ring of paper that wrapped around the hole in the center. Victoria Davis, 1987. Hmm. Are you a weird one, Victoria? She tucked Etta back into her spot on the shelf and replaced her with the odd record. Flora felt the tingling excitement of someone discovering something new and unknown and waited for the music to begin. But there was nothing. She checked the needle, but that was fine. She moved closer, trying to hear anything under the smooth static, when suddenly... Loud knocking cut through the silence. Flora jerked upward and stepped back out of surprise and knocked over the last few sips of her whiskey where it sunk into the thick shag of her white carpet. <sighs> Fuck. She whispered, feeling stupid. She went to go get her food. No matter how many times she put in the instructions to leave it by her door, that didn't stop the same delivery man from standing there and waiting for her, holding her dinner hostage until he'd received at least a few crumbs of forced small talk. Dinner for one, milady. You know it, Flora said, reaching for her food. Desperate to never be called milady by anyone ever again. The music's nice, not your usual stuff. Music? Flora was confused. There still wasn't anything playing, even though the record was still spinning. Uh, yeah? Your music? Kinda weird, but it's nice. I tried the window said another whisper, not from the speakers. Yeah, it's, yep, it's new. Um, can I just have my food, please? Flora grabbed the takeout bag and closed the door before marching over to the record player, flicking the needle up off the black disc. With a comedy streaming on TV, Flora sat down on her whiskey-stained rug and ate her lo mein with laser focus ignoring anything that wasn't the movie or a wad of noodles wrapped around her chopsticks. That only lasted for so long as music began to fill the room. I tried the window, but I didn't fall. I tried the water, but I didn't drown. I tried the night, but I never believed. 
the needle hung inches above the record, it had begun to spin once again. Despite the fact that Flora had switched off the power. By her knee laid the cover. Flora's eyes snapped to it, and for the first time since pulling it out of the bag, she really noticed the artwork of it. She'd been too focused on finding out the details of the record to pay it much attention before. It was a bird's eye view of a room, a bedroom by the looks of it, with a wide open window with a view of nothing but black. On the bed sat a woman, and something about her face made Flora feel sick. Where other photos and artwork failed to achieve the illusion of true eye contact with the viewer, this one did not. Flora felt the black and white eyes staring right into hers. All the while, the woman's mouth opened in a frozen scream. You'll try the window, but you'll never fall. Some deep, arcane instinct awoke in Flora's mind, and it lit every cell in her body with the urge to escape, to choose flight over fight, as whatever this force was, its hunger was apex, and not she or anything else living could beat it back. She scrambled to the door and fumbled with the locks, but there was no relief waiting on the other side. Just a few feet of hallway that faded into nothingness. There was no shape, no color, no sound, smell, or weight. You'll try the door, but that's where it waits. Flora slammed the door shut, the force of it sending a shock through her hand and wrist. She ran to her window and heaved it open the old warped wood groaning in its tracks. She only lived on the second floor, and right above a row of bushes that would at least somewhat cushion a fall. She stuck her head out, and instead of nothingness, there they were, clumps of foliage, as was the ground and the grass and the trees, and her truck waiting in its parking spot like a dutiful soldier. Flora jumped, but she didn't even feel the night air on her face before she found herself crumpled against the studio floor. Her right hand crumpled underneath her, twisted at an unnatural angle, along with the whiskey glass that she had fallen on that was now broken and very likely the cause of the wet warmth that had begun to spread under her ribs. You'll try the window, but you'll only break. From where she lay on the floor, she saw a pair of bare feet in the corner, tiptoeing towards her. Using her good arm, Flora pushed herself up enough to reach out to whoever it was. Help me, 
she said, catching a glimpse of a familiar face. Her arm gave out, and her side smacked hard against the floor. Fuck! She cried, as the glass was pushed deeper into the softness between her ribs. We can try screaming, but no one will hear us. No, 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 no. Flora sobbed through the pain. I know, but it stops hurting after a while. Ah, it's been so long. But now I won't be alone anymore, Victoria said. Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the show. In between our stories, we like to take an opportunity to highlight a cause we believe deserves our collective attention. For August, we chose the Entertainment Community Fund. This is an organization supporting the writers and actors currently fighting for fair wages in an industry that has taken advantage of them for far too long. You can learn more by visiting entertainmentcommunityfund.org or by following the link on dropsofdarkness.com. Now, back into the shadows we go. I am someone, and I tell only truth. Whenever something slithers through the barrier between worlds, I am there. Not to stop them, but to watch them and remind you countless terrors your kind has survived all on their own. Me and some friends, maybe like eight of us, went out to a friend's farm to watch a bunch of scary movies and just hang out one night. This friend's farm was out in the middle of nowhere. The closest neighbor was at least ten miles away. She also always talked about how her house was haunted and all the weird things that happened. I wanted to believe her, but some of it just seemed so far-fetched I didn't take all the stories seriously. To start the night off, we were going to watch Children of the Corn 5 in the basement family room. The way the basement was set up is immediately when you walk down the stairs, there was a bathroom slash laundry room to the left. The gun room to the right directly across from the bathroom next to the gun room was the crafts room and then it opened up into a small family room the tv was on the short wall of this family room so when you were sitting on the l-shaped couch you could look down that short hallway and see into the craft room and gun room i remember when we first walked down the basement stairs i just did not like the way the basement felt Specifically, the doorway to the gun room. It felt just off-putting and kind of ominous, and I really just didn't even want to look into the gun room. Now, I don't like guns. They freak me out and have always made me uncomfortable. So I just figured this is why I felt that way. We all sat down, shut off the lights, and started the movie. I was in the corner of the couch with my friend Randy to my left, and then Danny on my right. It was her house, 
and her cousin Cody next to her. Halfway through the movie, I needed to use the bathroom, so I got up started walking towards the bathroom. I was a little freaked out, but at that time, I wasn't really into horror movies, so I figured that's why. I go to the bathroom, close the door, and do my thing. When I was done, I remember having the thought, do not look into the gun room. And I just had a really bad feeling. I just did not want to open that bathroom door. I was afraid of what was on the other side. I eventually talked myself into opening the door because all my friends were in the basement and nothing was out there. I opened the door and specifically put my head down and stared at the floor so I didn't even have a chance to look in the gun room and walked back to the couch. I sat back down in my spot on the couch and continued watching the movie. At some point, I realized I was no longer watching the movie. Instead, I realized I had been staring down the hallway at a large, blacker-than-black outline of a man wearing a tall hat standing in the gunroom's doorway. I could tell it had been standing there staring at us for a long time. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I didn't know what to do. So I said out loud, quietly, Randy, do you see? And he responded, That black shadow figure in the doorway? And then Danny and Cody both responded, Yes. Danny then said, I'd been staring at it for a little while now. The instant we said all this, the rest of the group all jumped up and turned on the lights and thought we were messing with them. A few of them went into the gun room and were making up theories, and others were convinced we were just messing with them. Needless to say, I never went into that basement again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Drops of Darkness, which is written, voiced, and produced by Anadine Vaughn and Cameron Elkwike. If you enjoyed your drift into the shadows... Help keep the stories alive by sharing the show, leaving a review, and if you really want to earn the favor of these dark storytellers, tether yourself to their world by tapping subscribe. If you have a true paranormal story of your own that you'd like to be read by someone, you can make the offering to submissions at dropsofdarkness.com or through the form on our website. Until next time, dear one, and remember, when the darkness looks your way, hold.